Happy New Year to everyone around the world. I'm so happy to be back. I'm so sorry for the delay. I know you've all been expecting more, uh, more about the home cells and the home inspections and what process needs to be done in California or even the United States. And sometimes even far as Canada, because everywhere is, is pretty much the same when it comes down to a house. We all build a house the same way. But I'm, I'm back. I wanted to let you know uh, what's going on. So why I have had a huge delay. I am taking a couple new tests to get some new licenses. So I am now getting my property and casualty license, which uh, we'll be able to then uh, sell... Um, homeowners insurance and auto insurance and casualty insurance to anyone we do an inspection for. Uh, in the last few months, we've also expanded our solar side of it, everything, and we are now uh, up and running for solar. We have um, provided additional service to a couple of people in our area, a couple of companies, and they have now wanted me to also get my life insurance license. So... <laughs> I'm, I am just so busy, but I will never be too busy to do a couple of these awesome uh, podcasts for everybody and letting you know on January 1st, 2023, um, we are starting some new promotions in our area, of course, and in all the Bay Area of California, Northern California. And I always suggest that every home inspector or home inspection company, if you're listening, to also do promotions throughout the year. Three to four times a year is best, and this will provide additional incentives. It also can help you a lot with your business upkeep, so you don't have to worry about, you know, in the slow seasons, uh, what you're not going to be doing. And that's the reason why we're trying to get the additional licenses. Uh, Additional licenses also show initiative for your company to grow. You definitely want to have that growth going on. Um, without the growth, then you know your company is a standalone or standstill, and then you're just like everybody else. So definitely want to keep learning, keep keep getting your um, degrees or expertise. There are some licenses you can take which you do not need any college experience for. One of those licenses is going to be uh, the P and E life insurance. Uh, you can also do solar, of course. Um, solar cells can be difficult, but rewarding. You're helping people with energy cost efficiency, so help them lower their costs every year and monthly, of course. And you're providing them with a very good incentive at the end of the year for taxes. And third, they're going to be very happy for you for helping them out. And they may tell their friends. And then you have another person you can help with solar. Selling solar isn't about making money, really. Selling solar is helping lower the electrical uh, bills for everybody around you because that will initially lower the costs of all electrical. you think it would raise it, but it won't because solar provides a lot of incentive for electrical companies. They're not having to do a whole lot of legwork anymore. They're actually saving money. And since you're saving them money, they're going to eventually lower all the costs, saving everybody money. So this is why we need more cells or solar people out there 
then finding the right solar company. There are a lot of solar companies out there that are just trying to make a quick buck and then they move on to the next customer and they they really hurt the customer that they just helped because they're not even trying to help at all. They're just trying to make money. Now, those companies, I know they're very tough not to find. Um, the best thing to do is do your homework. Uh, keep asking around. Find some information about solar that can really help you. Like, I noticed that the solar cost in my area is only 20000 you know, for 25 years. That's a, that's a very little bit of chunk of change for you. You're paying $30 a month. So if it's 20000 20, for 25 years, why are you trying to charge me $40,000? Something like that can really help you uh, because then, you know, the solar guy has to come up with a reason. If he can't come up with a reason, well, then you know that, okay, well, this is probably not a good company. They're just trying to make money. They're not trying to actually help me or help anybody. So yeah, there's a lot of different things you want to look out for when finding solar. And definitely be careful of those people out there who are just trying to make that quick buck. Also, a lot of solar people, you know, we we are professionals. I just got my license and I found out that you have to be a a certain type of professionalism because you are run through the contractor board of that state. And the contractor board runs everything. You know, you... If you mess up and you get a complaint against you, well, the contractor board can pull your license and then you can't sell solar anymore. So that's another thing you want to be very careful of. Um, if you get into solar, you know, do do the right for everybody. Help people out. Don't try to, to you know, really high-end their solar and, and make a lot of money for you. Because in the long run, you might make a lot of money in the short run, but in the long run, you won't have any more customers. You won't have a license. And then, yeah you're stuck making no money in this field anymore so yeah definitely i I like to help people out and that's what our company is all about just helping people out and making sure that everybody is is getting what they should be getting you know efficiency electrical energy at a low cost so it's it's very good to to be able to be in this field and i'm glad to be back on podcast uh when i do again we're going to do a few podcasts um a month uh, probably two podcasts a month we're going to start doing a schedule based system i know because now i don't have a schedule so you never know when i'm on and you never know when there's new content uh, i want to change that for the new year i want to have it set um once to twice a month so what we'll do is i'm putting a schedule together where i will always have those days off and i will schedule myself off for those days and those are the days we will be doing the podcast now, we do have a couple live podcasts coming up in the near future, uh, just because on YouTube, I I have done some videos of a couple home inspections recently, and I haven't put them on YouTube yet, but we're opening up a new channel. It's going to be called uh, This, That, and Everything. It's not just about home inspections. It's going to be about everything uh, within the market of uh, gaming um, what else are we going to There's the gaming housing market. We're not going to hit politi- politics at all. That's not going to be part of our thing. I don't care about politics, so <laughs> I'm not going to go. I'm not even going to go down that road. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be like mostly about uh, gaming, home inspections, uh, the housing market, uh, the prices, 
the new houses that uh, you should or should not buy, companies that are efficient. Uh, basically, we're going to stick around the home inspection, but we're adding in gaming because I have a lot of customers that I'm building computers for on the side, and they just requested it. So it may not be a part of it that much at all. It may just be like one episode every couple of months or something like that. I really don't know, but it shouldn't be that much. I don't know if I'm going to do it or if I'm going to hire somebody else to do the gaming portion. Um, you know, I'll probably have to put on a separate podcast for that, I think. But I do like the whole home inspection network. It does really help out. And I am a home inspector uh, for, you know, everybody. So I'm, I'm very glad to help out in that field and not jump over to other things. I don't want to get all crazy and confused and be a part of like, you know, a hundred different things. That's not, not where I'm trying to come from. I just want to do the home inspection and, and get people the best peace of mind so they know what they should and probably shouldn't buy because of what's going on in the market. Speaking of the market, we did get some information in about houses in California and how much they're selling for. It looks like we can go into some of the numbers now. I'm pulling up um, a couple of it. Okay, so here, okay, so the housing market uh, did slow down in the Bay Area. So the Bay Area, which is Northern California, San Diego, Los Angeles, uh, and you know, in the the northern would be like uh, San Francisco, uh, Hayward, Fairfield, all that area past San Francisco. Uh, it's a twenty to twenty two percent drop in sales. The prices have also gone down the houses from one million down to about eight hundred thousand, somewhere as low as seven hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars. We do have um, some sales. In Sacramento have gone up by 18%. Other sales have gone down uh, farther south towards the, it looks like Lincoln, uh, going towards LA. LA has had a, a very steep decline in sales. So it, that's going to be a problem here in the near future. Uh, they're probably going to have some issues this year selling um, most of the houses in the LA area. So LA is, is probably the craziest when it comes down to the market because LA um, and Los Angeles area, it consists of multiple sections like Santa Monica, Glendale, um, and then you have Orangevale, which is on the outskirts. It's just, it gets very complicated when you get farther out there, but the, the housing cells are dependent on, um, and they're all very old houses, by the way, and the, the market sells depending on how many people are staying due to crime or so forth. And since crime rises in L.A., the housing market has dropped considerably because of that crime rise. So hopefully the crime will stop, uh, not to a standstill, but you know, slow down or stop uh, where it's at right now and then come to a point where people are willing to buy again in those areas because it's a nice w- place to live or it's, it's a nice area. I have met a couple of people who have had uh, 1950s homes have been stripped down to nothing. Pretty much the bare bones, just the the wood, uh, piers and attic spaces and so forth, and then redone from scratch, from exterior to interior. And I've looked at these homes. I was just in Los Angeles for a meeting for um, a convention, and that was for the home inspections um, and the uh, the whole uh, ASHI, American Society of Home Inspectors, was having uh, a whole thing going on, a convention going on. 
And it's pretty much there's a lot of new stuff coming out uh, 2023 and 2024. And all the new stuff uh, will be about how houses, uh, inspections and so forth will be done. Because we, we are doing it in accordance with ASHI and how not only American Society of Home Inspectors, but how California uh, regulates us. So we want to make sure, you know, we stay within regulation. But what's happening is um, a lot of home inspectors are skipping a lot of steps or they're not providing the appropriate uh, inspection uh, list. Because, you know, there's like a, a, a section in our software that allows us to do inspections in a certain way. So, you know, we start in the, the roof, we go to exterior, and then we go to, you know, check the windows, foundations, and so forth. Then we go interior and we check everything again, including the roof. Uh, the ceiling, um, attic spaces, uh, roof sheathing, and, and um, you know the structural compound uh, of how the roof is. We used to do a thing called um, wind um, wind automation, where we identify how much force the roof can sustain from the wind if the wind got to like you know forty or fifty miles per hour. We have stopped doing that. And instead, we look at two different things. If it was if it, the house was made in 1950 to 1965, uh, we look at the build. If they're building with a thing called a two B method or a three B method, and basically that's uh, one piece of uh, two by four, and the top is notched. So basically, they cut like a small square out uh, from the middle of the end of the two by four. And they make like a little notch, and then they put that against the rafter. And then that uh, sits on the rafter, and that sits on the uh, the flooring of the actual uh, uh, ceiling of where you're going to be inside. Well, what happened was is we've changed that whole section, and now we've integrated it into a new way of inspecting uh, with the trusses since ni- after 1965, 1970, uh, 1965 to 1968, they started using a simple truss method. So since the truss me- method was implemented, uh, wind mitigation was no longer an issue. We don't, we don't really do that much anymore. So instead, we just identify if there's trusses. So that will be a new thing that's going to happen in the new 2023. We're also going to focus on another thing. Um, housing foundations and houses in Texas were being done by a 3D printer, uh, making houses uh, from scratch. That basically, it's going to be 50% of the house will be built by a 3D printer. It's a huge 3D printer, and it builds the house's foundation up, and uh, and then once it gets to a certain height, uh, then people come in, and then they would then uh, fix it, uh, you know, repair and build the rest of the house. So that was an issue um, where they were just starting to use this method, and they wouldn't implement it in California, and California um, laws were kind of stopping that. They're going to change that. So... That will be something we'll be using in California as well. It will be going on probably in the next year or two at the latest. I think we're going to start implementing it this year in 2023, if I remember right. And then in 2024, it would be probably more well-known. So you'll see more of it in 2024, but in 2023, it's going to be minimized to probably sections of California and not just everywhere. Um... Canada has heard about this, 
So, uh, Canadians, you, you will be probably hearing more about it in the near future. Um, I believe that the, um, the foreign minister has uh, started talks with the uh, United States about implementing this because this is a very easy and quick way to make a house. I mean, you can make a house that would normally take five people three or four months to make. They can make it in about a month. So it really pushes the guideline on how fast houses can be can be made, and that's where we're um, we're very happy to get into this part of a building process because houses we, we've used the same way of building houses for the last forty years, and we're really wanting to kind of create a new way for houses to be built. So that's really cool. That's good. We have new information coming up. Uh, solar roofing, as I've talked about it last year. So the roofing has kind of become more of uh, a thing, and they're going to start implementing that in 2023. I think it's being mid to late 2023, and then we'll see more of that in 2024. It won't be on every house. It won't be everywhere in California. We're looking about uh, 5%, 2 to 5% of, of California area will have the new uh, projects of solar roofing material. It's like shingles. Uh, composite shingle roofing um, but it's actually solar instead of the composite shingle so it's very interesting uh, it is pretty expensive because it's new a new project a normal roof would take um, about 15,000 for a 2,000 square foot house composite shingles is roughly about 15,000 depending if they redo the sheathing or not including permits now the new solar roofing is a bit more expensive $60,000 minimum for a 1,500 square foot house. I know that's a lot of money, 55,000 to $60,000. Um, 1,500 square foot house would, would implement this better. It's not a standard for something like if you're going to do 3,000 square feet or plus, you really don't need it, you know. It's it's not sufficient enough. Um, we're still, still in the topic about creating uh, how, how in depth we need to go and you know implementing a solar when you do solar you have to have an inverter anyway so if you're having that much roof material uh, the inverters will probably be two or three different inverters and each inverter will uh, participate in a section of the house so like you'll have an inverter for the kitchen area an inverter for the living room and bedrooms and you'll have an inverter for something else at like the garage or something like that so it's it's definitely gonna be a lot more and I have a feeling that they're gonna do is they're probably going to start doing that on new houses first like brand new built houses and not on houses that have already been built so new houses being built 1500 square feet or less they'll implement it and then they'll they'll say hey okay yeah we'll just start here and then we'll, we'll go from there uh, so we'll see how that works um, I, I've seen it live and I've looked at how it's supposed to transpire um, like the process of building. So it, it does take a good crew and it takes uh, knowledge, you know, to know how to, to do most of it before they go too far. So definitely um, something to look forward to in the future and very happy to, to get into something like that. So that's why we have opened up solar to, to kind of push ourselves to the envelope and not be situated just on home inspections we want everybody to be happy and 
and help everybody out equally. So it should be fun. This should be a good year for everybody. Everybody's going to have a lot of uh, a lot of new things we will be working on um, for new houses, uh, old houses, and implementing uh, new ways to help with the older houses and how uh, they can be, you know, struggling with uh, either wind mitigation or more. So definitely want to let everybody know that uh, don't worry about. Um, all the craziness. If you see a new house or something like that, uh, you know, going up, don't don't just jump on it. Remember to read and understand about the new houses first. You can always go to my channel. I'll have all the information on the new houses coming up, uh, what to look out for, what that's going to help you, and um, where you know where you need to go to to get the best for your money. You can't go just anywhere, but. We definitely want to provide as much as we can to help you with um, with the new purchase. New houses aren't always the best. I've already gone over this with everyone. Um, new houses can cause a lot of um, a lot of struggle with uh, the costs. They'll charge you a million dollars for a house, and then guess what? You have a lot of issues in less than a year, and then uh, it gets even worse later on. So, I'm I'm hoping that. Uh, the new houses coming up for 2023 aren't going to be as bad as some of the new houses I've inspected um, recently. So some of the new houses I've inspected recently have had issues with windows, uh, areas not being completed, uh, houses having issues on exterior, windows leaking now in the wintertime, um, and, and more. So Definitely want to help everybody out and, and let you know that new houses aren't always the best. Sometimes the best thing we can do is is find a good house that's uh, been standing for a while and just kind of work on that one because that could become your not only your foundation for money in the future and a very good investment, uh, but it can always help you uh, with long-term costs and high costs. Because if you get a new house... And you're spending a couple thousand dollars uh, a month, every month, for 12 months. I mean, that adds up to, you know, a lot of money. So, definitely want to look at your best options without spending a bunch of money and, and having to worry about, um, you know, additional headaches and stuff like that. Uh, let's see here. What else? We have, uh, let's see, the housing market was going down. Okay, sales. Uh, sales and housing has dropped for a lot of realtors. Home inspections have gone to a minimum. I'm thankful that I'm with a lot of insurance companies, so I work a lot with them. Um, and, and that kind of helps me out throughout the year, even in the slow times. Um, but, you know, a lot of home inspectors aren't getting a lot of jobs. And I to, to say to that is definitely start getting more licenses. Don't feel comfortable where you're at. Always keep learning, uh, identify where your weaknesses are, and start working towards making those your strengths. Those are the best ways to really come up in the home inspection business. Once home inspectors do work for a certain amount of time, they just get comfortable. They think they know everything um, when they're still learning to be made everywhere. I mean, I'm still learning, and I've been in the business for over 14 years. I mean, I've I've been doing so. I do over a thousand home inspections a year. And this year I hit about a thousand and four, um, but it's, it's it's the fact that even I do so many home inspections, I'm still not a pro. You know, I, I'm really good at my job, 
but no one's going to be a pro at this because home inspections is just too much learning. There's too much to learn. And it consistently changes. It's never the same. It's always going to change. And home inspection is not only the homes are going to change, but the way we build, like I was saying about the new solar roofing, the way we build will always change as well. So definitely want to keep your eyes and ears open. Keep up the training. Do at least 20 to 40 hours of additional training every year and learn what you can. Go to meetings. Go to uh, convert, you know, uh, all these different, um, uh, I was about to say conversations, but <laughs> go to all the different types of uh, meetings that, that home inspection companies have. Uh, meet with realtors and identify uh, how you can you know, up your company's um, revenue by helping more people or maybe even changing cities, going to a different city. Live in one city, but drive to another city. Maybe market in that city. Or, you know, there's a lot of different ways that I have been uh, successful. And I have been successful for so long. is because I don't, disti- I don't, you know, I distinguish myself by continuing um, upping my ante. I don't want to stop. I want to keep learning. I don't want to stay still, you know, kind of as they say. I'm very ambitious. Um, don't forget that, uh, 2023 also brings, um, not only the new houses and issues with the new houses, but it's also going to bring, um, a lot of new people coming from other states, other areas of the country, or even out of country. And they're wanting to know, uh, where's the best place to buy. You know, you can always send them my way, um, or you can, uh, they can look at, you know, talk to their local realtor. Most realtors are out for the money, so definitely want to talk to three or four. And uh, definitely want to keep keep learning about uh, areas that may have no crime or little crime uh, by using a thing called watchdogs. Watchdogs, you can put in the address or you can put in the area, and then it'll give you a, a list of, of how many different crimes are happening in that area. So if you were to go Sacramento, California, um, Crime Watch, uh, or Watchdogs, either one, you can uh, see all the crime in every area of the city. And it includes, it's really cool because it also includes um, neighborhoods. So if you're looking at a house, uh, 321 uh, Jefferson Avenue or whatever, you know, you can put that in and boom, uh, it tells you what is going on in that area. If there's robberies, if there's uh, break-ins, car break-ins, or uh, burglaries in your area for houses, you know, all different kinds of information is on there. Uh, there's watchdogs um, is a good one, and you know, there's so many out there, but you definitely just want to check them all. I go through probably two or three of them oh, a couple of weeks just to make sure that my house is still in a nice area. I'm not going to move, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be stuck somewhere or, or not know that there's crime in my area. So definitely something that I like to look at is, uh, the crime and identify if that's a good place to live or not. Another thing that we're having here is interest rates, uh, in houses. So that's very, very important. If you're buying a house, of course, interest rates are the biggie. If you buy a house, you don't want to buy a house and pay for 30, 35 years and pay a large amount of money. You want to make sure you're paying 
uh, a low amount. And you can always, you know, refinance within the years, but it's definitely good to make sure that you know what you're paying. And we're down to roughly 6.4, 6.5%. It will be fluctuating again this year. I can't say if it's going to go up or down because I keep hearing it's going to go down. Then I've heard it's going to go up. And then I heard the feds are going to change it two or three more times this year. So it could go back down to four. We we don't know. No one knows if it's going up or down uh, this year yet. So definitely keep your eyes and ears open. Um, there's an article on the uh, real estate. It's the uh, Society of Real Estates. Um, or the real estate, uh, uh, California's real estate agency, and they'll have numbers on their website identifying what they are now, um, and then it also gives you like you know a list of things that uh, that can lower it that they, they may lower or may not lower. It's kind of like a what do you call that? Um, it's like a. a what it's called. It's like, you know, you go up and down. It's, it's going to, like a roller coaster, you know. It's going to be just like a roller coaster. It may go up and then it may go back down. It may go up, may go back down. Um, more likely, it's going to go up and down a couple times this year. But there's the feds are talking about two to three more times this year. So hopefully, we don't have to worry about too many high-pricing houses. Um, we're about $559,000 right now on some houses in Sacramento. Other houses have dropped down to 440000 um, so really depends on where you're looking. If you're going to go to Sacramento, Los Angeles is still kind of high, but it has dropped. Like I said, 750,000 million dollar houses are going for about eight to 900,000. I mean, even if it says a million, you can offer 900, they'll probably take it. If it's 900,000, you can offer 850, they'll probably take it. It's not really a seller's market anymore. It's not really a buyer's market anymore. It's more of an HOA um, or a first-time home buyer, if you want an HOA, a nice area to live, it's going to be one of their places that it's going to be selling the most because they're more comfortable, they're safe. There's a little bit of regulations, but it's not too crazy, and it's you know they have, they have high security, so that's always a goodie. Um, FHA first-time home buyers, that's been selling very big lately. I've been doing a lot of home inspections for them. Uh, veterans, a lot of veterans buying right now. Um, I, they have an incentive right now in California, roughly about $10,000 towards FHA and, uh, veterans. So that's probably why they're the ones that are buying the houses the most at this time. So that's going to be, um, where I'm finding houses the most, uh, to do my inspections. Uh, what else here? We're changing a few laws in California. Hopefully that doesn't hurt the market. And then last but not least... Uh, we are, for the home inspection side of it, uh, we are going, my company is going over to a new insurance uh, company. I worked with like probably 15 different insurance companies. Um, but, you know, we, we work around California and different insurance companies. Uh, moment here. Ah, that's good stuff. Um, insurance companies need home inspections for refinancing, home inspections for houses uh, that have had fire damage or um, if someone is trying to get homeowner's insurance, 
And that's why we're going to homeowner's insurance because it's very, it works side to side. If someone's getting homeowner's insurance, they'll probably need to get um, an inspection. That's usually what happens, especially if the house is a certain age. Very common. So yeah, we're we're definitely into different insurance companies helping helping them out and helping us out. We're switching over. Um, we're with uh, a mutual insurance, and we're with uh, Farmers Insurance, a few biggies, and we are going to be spreading over to Olympian Insurance for the homeowner side, and we're switching over another company and we now have two solar companies too that we're working with um we're not working with sunrun we're working with synergy right now uh so synergy is our our main company that we work with uh for solar because uh synergy really helps reduce the amount of costs for all smud users um PG need two, but SMUD is the number one. That's really kind of frustrating. SMUD is the only electrical company besides Los Angeles Electric um, that doesn't allow people to use 100% of their solar. I know that sounds weird. You get solar, but you can't use 100% of your own solar. And you own the solar, but you still cannot use 100% of your own solar. So what does that mean? It means that if you were to get solar and you're a SMUD customer, you can only get up to 80% solar use. So if your house has 2,000 kilowatts a year, or 20, even 20,000 kilowatts, it's, it's normal for a 3,000 square foot house or greater to have about 20,000 kilowatts. So we'll start there. 20,000 kilowatts a year, the SMUD will only let you use up to 18,000 of those kilowatts paid for uh, by your solar. Uh, so you can only get credits for that amount. And it gets worse. They will also um, take your solar and give it to other people who don't have solar, who want to save money on their cost of living. So they're going to borrow your solar, SMUD, and give it to people who do not have solar, and 50% of it, and uh, and then they will pay lower on their bill, and they will be going green, of course, uh, and then they will get a tax credit as well. So, how does that help you? Well, you will save money on costs for your solar uh, and your electricity, so normal cost for electricity for 20000 uh, kilowatts a year, it's roughly about 140 to $180 a month electricity. So if you're doing $180 a month for electricity and you get solar, you're boosting yourself down to about $60 a month on solar. That's over 50%. So you're about, again, 80%. So if your solar is down, your solar is taking over and your electricity is down to only $67 a month, now you saved yourself almost $100 a year, $100 a month, sorry, which saves you, what, $1,200 $1, a year. So that's actually pretty good. I mean, you're saving yourself a lot of money. You're not spending a lot of money. That $1,200 plus the incentive you get 
for getting solar is 30%. Well, was 30% as of 2022. Now, 2023, they've gone down to 26%. So you get 26% incentive, which brings us down to about uh, roughly $5,000 check from the government for 2024 when you do your taxes if you get solar in 2023. So, yeah, SMUD is pretty bad. PG&E uh, went bankrupt in California uh, a couple years ago, and they boosted all their prices by uh, 60%, and their bankruptcy is being paid by their customers. So all them definitely want solar. Uh, they allow up to 140% solar in 2022, and now only 100% solar in 2023. So before 2023... You could go over 100% and you could be negative on your solar and electricity. And you could be negative up to but no more than $60. And, well, I've seen some people at 80 but usually it's $60. And then that would allow you to save $60 every month uh, in your pocket. And it would go towards credits uh, for your energy and electricity for PG&E. They've now changed that to 100%, so now you can go down to zero on your electrical bill for PG&E if you have adequate solar. And this is the problem. A lot of solar companies like Sunrun and all those other companies uh, have provided solar for people. I don't want to say Sunrun in particular. There's also Alpha and Omega Solar and other places, and they have underrated people's solar. Now, it's very common. Anybody's going to do it. Even Synergy has done it. It's not on purpose. It's a complete accident. The reason being is energy prices change every year. Uh, SMUD started out at, I believe, $0.40 cents, uh, a kilowatt. And then they went down to $0.30 uh, cents a kilowatt. And since they went down, as Solar people, we have to adequately find a way to make sure that the solar is at a present kilowatt. That means that there's different types of solar panels. There's 3, 6, 4, uh, 8, and 12 kilowatts. So we have to make sure that our panels are adequate to your energy, but if they're going to keep changing how much cents they're adding per kilowatt, that changes the amount after we've already installed them. So if someone gets upset because you have solar and it doesn't matter if it's Synergy or Sunrun or Alpha Omega or you know any of those companies, even Apricot Solar, you have to remember that we're providing you with the solar before they switch the prices. So we don't know that they switch all the time. You know, we don't get that information. All we are getting is that this is how much it is, it's how much we can provide to you, how much kilowatts, and then you show us your electrical bill, and we say, okay, well, it looks like you need, um, you know, 12 to 14 panels, all 6 kilowatts, or maybe you need 6 panels, 12 kilowatts, uh, you know, depending on your roof size, how much electricity you're using, uh, and then, of course, your electrical bills uh, is going to go down tremendously so even if you are under you can just contact that company again so if you have any of those companies just contact them let them know that there's been a change in percentage uh since how much 
kilowatts they're charging now, and you want to know if you can get more solar panels. Since they are under warranty, all solar will be under warranty, uh, it depends on how many years, you have to know how many years per your contract. So definitely look at the contract. If it's a 10-year warranty, contact them within 10 years or less and let them know that they've changed it and that you want to know if you can get more solar panels and they won't charge you out of pocket. They can add it to the same bill that you're already paying, but it'll be a lot cheaper because guess what? They have changed their kilowatts. They've gone down uh, and you don't have to worry about paying as much electricity. What happens if they go up? Well, if prices go up because of inflation for electricity, um, then you can still save money by getting solar by having them uh, not add, uh, but you can actually have them check your solar inverter to make sure it's adequate enough for how much energy is going through it. Now, the, the inverter is very, very important. That's going to change the DC output to AC output for your house, allowing you to have mm -hmm. adequate electricity for certain things in the house. Without it, you won't be able to actually use solar or have the energy from solar at all. So definitely have, have your company come out and take a look at it. It's always the number one thing that I always tell everyone. If you're not getting if your bills too high or you're not getting the appropriate amount of electricity, uh, they will definitely help you out. All solar companies are here to help. We're not here to take your money and run. Um, I have heard a couple of companies doing it, but it's, it's, not, it's not supposed to happen. All right, so let me see. Second thing, the days we're going to be doing the podcast. Uh, so we went from solar, solar roofing, solar, and how we sell, how much energy costs, conservation, and then now our podcast. Our podcast days will probably more likely be on a weekend. Weekends are the easiest day. I'm thinking Saturday. Um, Eastern, no, I'm uh, sorry, Pacific time. So Saturday Pacific time, California time. Um, so if you're if you're in Canada, I believe you're three to four hours. Uh, some Canadians are three to four hours, depending if you're in Montreal or if you're uh, in the first province or so forth. And then if you're in another country, farther. Uh, east, you're a day ahead of us, and then uh, even if you're not awake or so forth, you know we can do it, and then you can go ahead and check your podcast whenever you want. But we are on every single major podcast. We are on uh, Google Podcasts, including uh, Samsung Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. If you have an Apple, you listen to Apple. You can get our podcast for free. We do not charge at all. We've always been free. Uh, we might have ads. We might have ads this year added into it. It'll be 30 second ads. The ads will either be in the beginning or the middle. I always like to end it with me, so I'm not going to do that. I'm never going to put the ads in the end. Um, the ads won't be very long, like I said, 30 seconds. I don't want to have too long of an ad. I don't want to have too short of an ad. I want. Um, I just want everybody to to learn more about solar and home inspections, identify 
the best way to buy a house, what to look for, you know, and there's a lot of new things coming up this year that I, I'm going to be going over. And there'll be videos on YouTube. If you have YouTube, um, YouTube video will be the same. It's going to be under the Home Inspection Network. And then we're going to have a new uh, podcast called This, That, and Everything uh, starting in about 10 days or less. And it will be mostly about, uh, we'll be going through different homes, checking out uh, uh, million dollar houses. I have four million dollar, uh, four different million dollar houses I'll be looking at. One is a $3.4 million house. It uh, has a, uh, a mini golf course, uh, basketball court, a pool, a huge house, driveway, and like 4.6 acres. That's in Elk Grove, California. Um, there's another $2 million house in Elk Grove. Uh, and one in Sacramento is $1.6 million. Um, we'll be going into these houses and we'll be doing, some we would be doing an inspection and some we don't. Uh, the biggest house we've done, my company, uh, was like, I want to say 8,400 square feet, maybe 8,460 square feet. Uh, two people did the inspection together, uh, but we had one report and I believe we we have done hotels, apartment comp excuse me, apartment complexes, condominiums, multiple. The biggest hotel we did had forty rooms. Uh the biggest condominium we did was two hundred and ninety. This was four years ago. And being a home inspector and doing so many of those rooms, it takes a, roughly about a week. Uh, to do all the rooms and then at the end of the, uh, each day we do about two to three rooms a day two to three of the well the apartments we do about two or three uh, sometimes even four a day and then we'll have a couple inspections uh, if we have two inspectors we'll have them do uh, up to 19 if we can in a day if we have no other inspections normally each inspector in my company has about two to three inspections already uh, within that week. So, and mostly they're houses, you know. So if we're doing apartments or whatever have you, I have to find a way for them to do both, you know, the inspection of the apartment or the condominium or the hotel and then also go to their other inspection and do that as well. So it can be complicated. If you're a home inspector and you've never done anything like the hotel or... or um, Apartment complexes, uh, just know that apartment complexes, there's a lot more to learn because it's not just simple go in, look around, and leave uh, and go to the next one. You literally have uh, certain regulations you have to look for uh, due to the uh, the city. Some cities require you to have a thing called um, a safety inspection because it's a rental. And other cities don't have that instead they have regulations where you have to uh inspect for gas leaks only uh or you know uh, if it's electrical 
uh, hot water heaters or something like that, you have to identify the electrical uh, grounding and everything was done correctly. So it really depends on, on what you're going to be doing. But if I was a home inspector and I was new at being a home inspector, I would never do an apartment. Yeah, it seems like a lot of money. and You're like, yay, a lot of money. I'm going to get a lot of, you know, I'm really rich. Well, no. Because if you do it wrong, you're going to get sued. You don't want to get sued. I tell everybody, be very, very careful. If you've never done it before, you don't know anything about it, get your experience in. If you're an ASHI member, you can go on to their website and they will help you learn. It's like uh, 16 hours of training and it teaches you how to do apartments and you can do apartments and condos uh, that way. And I, hotels are different. Hotels, I think it's, um, it's an eight hour course and it's, it's pretty self-explanatory. You still have to take a test at the very end, but once you have that certificate, then you're, you're really good. You can go and do it. Just don't go and try to do something you've never done before. Because if you mess up and you do something wrong or you charge wrong or you charge too little, if you charge too little, they won't hire you. If you charge too much, they won't hire you. And if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to get sued. You never want to get sued by an investor. Investors suing you is really bad because they have more money than you and they can take all of yours. Unless you have an LLC and then you're still, you know, you have a bad reputation after that. So, definitely be careful. Uh, well, that's it for me today. I'm so glad to be back. Uh, glad to, to see everybody else online. I see that I'm still getting a lot of views on the podcast. I, I hope everybody has a terrific new year. And hope to see everybody soon on YouTube and so forth. Well, have a great new year. Don't forget to buy smart. Good health, good wealth, everyone.